Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. This is, in fact, Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. I'm Kelly Bright alongside two of my absolute favorite people to co host with, and that is Gigi Spear and Jack Roche. Guys, great to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Kelly, so happy to be here. Jack, I'm so happy to be here with you, too. I'm happy our mics are hot, and we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, I'm I'm always – I just love talking about basketball. You know, like, this year has really gotten me excited. Like, today, if it sat in on the Long Island Nets media day, a little, little Zoom call. Um, so, I even have love for my G League team. So that, That's dedicated. That's respect right there. Giving the G League some love. G League. And I have a WNBA hoodie on. We have a lot of association going on in this triangle. <laughs> Drake, is he going to bring a WNBA team to Toronto? I mean, I think that'd be exceptional. He might. He Do really might. That? Like, He's got to put the money that. where his mouth is, though. Exactly. Uh, and I think he does. He usually does. If he could go to all those Raptors games, I think he could start his own team. It's about time. He has to compete with Jay-Z in another way. Jay-Z's You're part right. owner of the Nets. You're right, He man. goes to all the games, by the way. It's crazy. He's the Spike Lee of Canada. <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is now Jay-Z, like in the goes past, the he wouldn't games. go to all the Nets games, but this year he's going to all of them. It's wow. a new year. Fans, yeah. fans allowed in the building. This yes. Is, this is real. And also Jay-Z meeting up with players from the New York Liberty, too, having Very dinner cool. with them, which is cool. That's cool. Overlap. Celebrity basketball and WNBA basketball, too. That's awesome. That's how it should be. Listen, we have a lot to get to on this show. It's jam-packed. We're going to make – we have a lot to talk about in a, in a little time, and we're going to do the best that we can with it. So we I, – I think if we had to give a name to this sh- to this episode, and I'm just spitballing here at this mm-hmm. point, but I'm thinking best, good, bad, ugly. Normally it's good, bad, and ugly, but the Nets won yesterday, and they've been good. So that that gives you a little preview for the show. But we're going to look on the Eastern Conference, and we're going to look at – a team that's been super hot, super hot, so f- just just fire that you'd call them the Heat, the Heat. Yeah, thank Ooh. you, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. yeah, I had to throw a pun there. Mm-hmm. We have a team that's pretty good, pretty good. Both we have both the FUV beat reporters for the Nets here, so we got to talk about the Nets who have been mm. good as of late. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> we have to talk about the bad, and that is the Boston Celtics. They have just they won yesterday. Won they won. Night. Yeah, they won last night. I got to throw that out there. Uh, Quiggs, he's our producer today. I know. I, I I was not happy when uh, Gigi and Jack suggested talking about how bad the Celtics have been, but um, I'm a woman for the people, so uh, we're going to talk about them as well. And then finally, we're going to end the show on something that unfortunately just came out before we started recording, and that was uh, a pretty long report ESPN released looking into Robert Sarver, one of the old uh, Suns owners, and it's they interviewed 70 current and former Phoenix Suns employees, and the list of accusations of racism misogyny just just absolute absurdity to be honest is is truly troubling and i don't i don't want to start the show on that note because i want to have fun to, to start out so we'll get to that later but first let's talk the heat because they are 
as as Victor Oladipo tweeted, "Man, we scary good." Hashtag heat culture. Hashtag the kennel. I don't know what the kennel is, but I know what scary good means, and that is this Heat team. The kennel. That's interesting, right there. And I love. I I'm loving the Heat this year, and that a big reason because of that is because I love Jimmy Butler. Yep. I am such a Jimmy Butler fan. Like. There's something about his story that is just so inspiring, and it's really hard not to cheer for him, even when there's all the drama with him on the 76ers or trying to get to the 76ers and then finally come into the heat. I love Jimmy Butler, and it's nice to see him do well. Oh, I remember when he was on the Timberwolves when there was that story that came out that he he ran with the second team, and he was yelling at everyone and all the coaches and owners basically saying, you need me, and... He's been so good for the Heat this year. I mean, I'd say right now he's the MVP favorite. He's having he's putting up like I want to say like 25, 7 and 5 something around there, like 25, 26. Um and I remember when they played the Nets, um I came on one-on-one to talk about them and there was all this talk about Kyle Lowry. And when they played the Nets, mm-hmm. five Heat players scored in double digits. Kyle Lowry had 9. So the fact that they Whoa. have so many different players that can get you into that double-digit scoring, they have so many different um, options. They're a scary team. They're they're the team in the East right now. Yeah, oh, unbelievably so. I, I'm glad you guys both brought up Jimmy Butler, and you stole the question right off, right out of my mind. I was going to ask you how legit Jimmy Butler for MVP. I mean, we've heard that all this week. Eastern Conference Player of the Week, sixth time in his career. This past week, he averaged 28 points per game, 8 rebounds, 5.3 assists, almost 4 steals a game, 58.6 from the floor, 40% from 3, 93% from the foul line. Just And he was a game-high scorer in their games against Orlando, Charlotte, and Memphis. He's leading the Heat in minutes, steals, uh, blocks. He's led them to highest. He, he's, just, he's just outstanding. But, Jack, you brought up a great point, and that's the fact that this is a team where Jimmy Butler isn't doesn't have to just be the guy. Mm-hmm. This is a team that doesn't need a big two or a big three. They have a big four. Four different players in their win over Dallas uh, in their last game, which was their fifth in a row, had over 22 points, which is the first time oh that happened in franchise history. Jimmy Butler, obviously, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, and Tyler Hero, who I want to talk about. Gigi, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this to you because Tyler Hero, man, 25 points in 35 minutes off the bench against Dallas, 11-20 from the field. Three from six from deep. He has just been lights out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also want to add about Jimmy Butler and his steals. He led the league in steals last year. And he is only getting better, too. And that's I just have to keep going on about him. I think he's so exciting to watch because of that and because of the fact that he plays defense so hard. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. And then he's only second in steals right behind PG. But... Beyond that, he has gotten better every single year. And to put up 28 last week, that's insane. But yes, Tyler Hero, like I said, I think that the Heat are going to be more than just an exciting regular season team. And especially, I feel like we always talk about in the NBA, teams who start off hot and then get cold and then come back hot and then might not even make the playoffs. But I feel like the Heat are actually a championship caliber team. And when... Jimmy came to the Bulls for the first time. He led them to the finals for the first time since the big three was there in LeBron, Bosh, and um, D. Wade. So, yeah, I think that they are not to just be written off as someone starting off hot and getting lucky against bad teams. You have so many players deep in this roster, like you mentioned, Tyler Hero. 
also adding three rebounds, four assists in that last game to his 25 points. And then you also have Bam Adebayo, 22 points, 13 rebounds. Man, you could have someone grabbing rebounds like that. You're going to be great. And I like, too, that they have a focus on moving the ball around. And we're going to talk about the Celtics later. There's no selfishness, really, apparent right now with the Bulls. And I'm mean, excuse me with the heat. And I think that's the huge thing where they are all capable of shooting the ball. But it's not it's not just up to one person to score. And that's going to be huge to get them to the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like to Tyler Hero's point, I think he's making the leap that we expected him to make after the bubble that we didn't see last year. I mean, he's averaging over 22 points, six rebounds, four assists per game. I mean, those are all-star numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, they they just have so many different players, and it kind of bummed me out hearing that point that you made about the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about but that. She, I, that was a Sorry great point. I thought that. that was a great point, though. But, and, and you mentioned Bam Adebayo, and I think, I think what's crazy about this team is if you look at them right now, they have the potential to have an MVP, a six-man of the year in Tyler Hero, and defensive player of the year in Bam Adebayo. Opponents are shooting 28.1% when guarded by Bam. That's the lowest mark by any defender who's contested over 60 shots. This is a team that is number two ranked offense overall and number two defense ranked overall. Like, we haven't seen that in a while. Like, usually, we've seen teams who have just had explosive in the Nets last year, explosive offensive rating, and their defense suffers because of it. Now we have a team that is so strong on both sides of the ball. And to me, I think, Gigi, you're right. I think this is a team that has a, a lot of potential to make it far in a postseason playoff run. But this is a jam-packed episode. It's been fun talking about the good, <laughs> the great. I want to talk about the good. And, and uh, you both are Nets reporters. Jack, you had the opportunity to go to the game uh, on City Jersey night. Mm. City, for, cool. Before we talk basketball, how were the Navy jerseys? Oh, uh, the jerseys were awesome. <laughs> for me, the coolest thing was the court. Yeah, I don't the know parquet if you guys saw floor. The court. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so nice. And honestly, I think that the gray at the Barclays court, like, seeing it brighter was... I thought they've got to keep it like that going forward. It looked like a cartoon. Oh, it looked so good. In pregame, I got there, like, three hours early, so I went in. I was on the court. It was, oh, so beautiful. So we so we like the Jersey Nets. Huge fans. Huge Like, fans. I'm going to buy a jersey. Good. I'm becoming a Nets fan. <laughs> it's hard not to. When you're there, Barclays sways you, man. Oh. Barclays sways you. I also would say something about the Nets is like what you mentioned about the Heat sharing the offense like that just to transition away from the parquet floor to basketball. You had five players at least with 20 uh, with um in double digits the game I went to against the Pistons. Uh-huh. And that was what KD was saying in the press conference. And that's what stood out, too, is they seemed way more defense heavy than mm-hmm. I expected because of how many points you see them put. Seeing them actually in person, I was like, wait, wow, they're they're boxing out. Blake Griffin getting as many rebounds as he can. Yeah, I think the Nets are an amazing team. They're and good. I would love they to are. see them play the Heat later on in the season. And I think I think people kind of freaked out at the beginning of the season when they lost a few games, but there that was their third straight win last night, uh, 117-108 victory over Atlanta. And I think you mentioned defense. When, I can't remember which one of you did, but – I think that's crazy about this Nets team is that they don't need to score 150 points a night to win a game. They can play defense, especially given the fact that they are missing one of their primary scorers in, in Kyrie Irving. So the fact that they're able 
to answer on both sides of the ball now. I think that's really exciting for this team and kind of scary for the other teams in the East that this Nets team, which is all we talk about when we talk Brooklyn Nets, is offensive firepower. And their defense has been solid too. Oh, yeah. I mean, last night James Harden said that when they're playing well, they think they're top 10, top 5 defense in the league. And I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but I remember a reporter last night tweeting like all these advanced stats that that mirror basically what James Harden's saying. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone's excited for a potential Kyrie return, but that definitely poses some issues on defense. Like we love Kyrie, he's incredible. He's one of the best players in the league, but he'd be their weakest starter defensively right. if he were to come back. I agree and also we don't we being the Nets me on the Nets. Um the Nets don't need Kyrie right now. They don't need him. I Maybe they'll need him in the postseason, but they're fine without him. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a matchup against a Western Conference team to like really see how that goes and see how point guard position works out. But right now, it's fine. And what I think they have this year that was a big concern when all three of these players in Harden, Katie, and Kyrie came together, it was team chemistry. All of them, the players have had rumors on their past teams about not being... Uh, you know, team focus, more individual mindset, and maybe just focus on that championship, which makes sense. But you have 82 games to get there. You have to play as a team. And that's something I certainly see them doing right now. So I don't know how much Kyrie would affect them. Yeah, he's Kyrie. He's going to affect them in a good way, but it might hurt team chemistry, at least for the initial bit. And honestly, like they have Kevin Durant, guys. They have Kevin Durant. Like, if you have Kevin Durant on your team, you're going to be fine. And also, like, some of their other guys who have struggled early, Joe Harris, I mean, he he shot less than 34% from deep in his first six games, and then he had six threes in their last game. So he he's coming into his own, and I think you're starting to see some of their role players step up. Patty Mills has been good and consistent this season. So I don't think this is a team we have to worry about at all. But, Jack, I do want to play sound that you got in the postgame press conference regarding the fact that we do uh, – there, there could be some changes in terms of New York policy, and Steve Nash had something to say about that, did he not? I might be speaking out of turn, but I think if the mandate changes, we he'd be welcome back for sure. So Kyrie, and this will be the last thing we say in the Nets because I don't love talking about Kyrie every week, but <laughs> uh, Steve Nash is in on Kyrie coming back. How are you guys feeling? Oh, well, if you're Steve Nash, you got to be in on Kyrie coming back. That's a matchup for the gods. That coaching player combo is actually unreal. And I think that they're just perfect for each other from a, a guidance perspective. So, yes, Kyrie is going to be a good thing later on. But I think him coming back initially is going to be a little bit tough. And he's always flooded with certain expectations. So laying off on those a little bit and kind of just letting the Nets be the Nets for a little bit and then letting Kyrie work his way in is going to be the key. But, yeah, he's going to be good for them in the postseason, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you always want a guy like Kyrie Irving on your team, despite all the stuff that comes with, you know, just how good of a player he is. Something that I'm excited about is last night the Nets had 22 three-pointers. That's the third most they've Mm -hmm. had in a single season or in a single game in franchise history. You get a guy like Kyrie Irving on your team who's a career, I want to say he's close to 40%, you know, like 38, 37% from from downtown. That's going to help you a lot. So, you know, I I feel bad even bringing up the defensive concerns because how much the, the other stuff that Kyrie brings completely outweighs that. So very much so a net positive. Exactly. And they were, uh, whoa. 
You did not just do that. A net positive. Nice, Jack. Really? Nice. How long have you been waiting to use that? I don't know. Sometimes genius just comes in the moment. Oh, my God. I literally, that stole the thought right out of my mind. Like, I don't even remember what I was going to say, but I think you guys are both right. So we're going to move on after that. Oh, that was, that was, wow, Jack. All right. <laughs> All right, something I really don't want to talk about, but we're going to have to talk about it, and that's the Celtics. Now, they won yesterday. Mm-hmm. Shout out, you know, they got they won one. They won over Orlando. Ooh, Orlando. Uh, but let's look at the Celtics uh, so far. They had a double overtime loss to the Knicks, lost to the Raptors. They beat the Rockets. They beat the Hornets, who, let me remind you, are good this season. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Wizards, who are also good this season, and then they have an overtime loss to the Wizards again. Wizards are good this season, and a loss to the Bulls, who are one of the best teams in the league. Should have beat so the Bulls. I, as a Celtics fan, I'm going to start this conversation out by saying I'm not actually that worried. Um, I think this is early. They have a new coach. There's potential for growing pains. Um, Jason Tatum is shooting terribly right now, and I don't think that's going to be a season-long problem. I mean, I think he's literally just in a shooting slump. We're seeing like career lows from him right now. But it's early, and I think, I think it's good that Jalen Brown has stepped up in the way he has. But I, I'm not worried. Um, Gigi, I'm gonna go to you. What's your take on what the Celtics have been, I guess, dealing with, for lack of better words, for these first ten games? Yeah. Well, I think that you you can't be worried about a team that you root for. You're such a Boston fan, Kelly. But that being said too, I think if you're just a overall basketball fan, you want to see things like this because you know that they have the potential to be great. The Celtics are historically such a good team. So you have such high expectations from them regularly. And I feel like they've only gotten better too in the off season coming into this season. So something I want to bring up, too, is the point differentials in these games that they're losing. They're not losing by that much of a difference. Maybe it's 15 points at most, but that comes down to a lot of calls later on in the game that they could figure out. So, yeah, I would not be worried. I think that a lot of things are going to change. Yeah, they had a players-only meeting, which, of course, Woj wants to milk as much drama out of that as he can. So, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I think that the comment Smart made about them moving the ball or having to move the ball more – is not too much of a dig. Like, I, if a teammate would fair. say that, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think it's just brutal honesty. If you're even not a fan of basketball, you could look at it and see, wow, the, that ball's just staying in one guy's hand and he's driving in the basket. Man, maybe they should do something about that. So, yeah, I don't think you should be too worried about the Celtics right now. It's so early. It would be great to have so many hot takes, but you can't. you got to step back. Just watch. I agree with like 99% of what you guys have said so far in that I'm not concerned about Jason Tatum going forward. I'm not concerned about the players only meeting, which supposedly wasn't even players only. Al Horford said that, not me. Um, (laughs) There was one other thing that you finished with that I I was nodding in agreement with. Point differential, maybe? That's what I disagree with. So I'm going to cut to the chase, point differential, because yeah, they've, they've been in some close games. But what that doesn't tell you is that those were winnable games. They should have, I think they should have won either the Knicks game in overtime, in double overtime, Mm -hmm. or the Wizards game in overtime. And they certainly should have beat the Bulls. They had a, I think, 20-point lead in third. Yeah, I mean, it's just they are in these games where they establish leads in the late second or early third, and then they cough them up. And that's just not... um, that's not acceptable. I don't know what's going to solve that. I don't know if it's Jason Tatum getting in his groove. 
I don't know if it's adding an actual facilitator because they don't really have that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just have seen this this situation too many times with the Celtics when they have a lead that they give up. I agree with you, Jack. It's very frustrating as a fan, but also if you're part of the Celtics organization. You mentioned that Bulls game. They, I mean, they were winning by 19, and then they let them score almost 40 points in the fourth quarter. That just can't happen. And Gigi, your, your point about what Marcus Smart said – I, I think he's right. I You look at what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are trying to do. And listen, Jalen Brown is the best player in that team right now, and that's not up for debate. I mean, he, he is the best player in that team right now. I don't think it's Jason Tatum. So, yeah, you're going to have – shooters are going to shoot. You're going to have them, you know, try and create shots, score for their team. But if you look through six games, 10% of their possessions have come in isolation, which is the fifth most in the league. But they're also scoring less than a point per possession in isolation, which is 27th in the league. So it, it's not working. You got to find something else. You got to, maybe it's bringing in a new person or maybe it's switching it up. And Marcus Smart, to be fair, I, I don't know if he has the right to be calling them out because he's also having the worst season of his career. <laughs> like he, he's literally playing terribly right now. He's doing well in defense, but he always is. But offensively he's been struggling, but uh, I'm not going to freak out. I am unfortunately going to end the show on a bad note. And I, we, we just have to talk about it. Uh, this report um, coming out about, just just so many terrible things going on in that Suns organization there. Uh, I don't know if you guys had the chance to read through it yet, but uh, Robert Sarver, the, just the accusations made about him, are it's truly just embarrassing um, for sports. It's just tragic. So many racist remarks, so many sexist actions and behaviors, and just some of the stories in there are mind-boggling. There's a story about LaMarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. um, oh I, trying God. to get strippers pregnant to bring kids. It's just... Things that are just hard to believe they're true, but it's just, it's kind of sad that we, we know that these probably realistically are true. And it's just like Donald Sterling 2.0. It's just, it's just so sad. And Gigi, I want to, I want to go to you as an, as a fellow female in the sports industry, reading some of these things. Like how, how does that affect you? How do you, how are you, what are you, what is your reaction to this? I feel like I'm not surprised at all. I think it's like really upsetting to read through the report and read the different quotes and anecdotal stories, but it's not surprising. I think there's just so many different ways he has been a really negative force towards women and towards people of color, especially in the league. Like, um, And you have on your team too, Chris Paul, right? Like the leader of the players organization, man, that's just, that just can't happen. And I'm sure the Suns team is not going to be about it. And I wonder too, what we're going to see come out of this moving forward. If there's going to be, um, I don't know if you remember, but when the Bucks stopped playing and um, kind of went on strike um, and what what's going to come out of this? I know last week we talked about Anise Cantor and his, um, his Nike mm-hmm. campaign basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot hasn't really changed since then. So we'll see. I think as a woman though, it, it's not surprising is what I would say. Yeah. I remember when we got the news like, the Suns made a statement before we had heard anything. And when a team makes a statement before there are any, like, public you know. accusations, like, you know something bad is coming. And I got, like, I got the ESPN story, which was just so incredibly done. Um, yes, but I saw it in, in class, in my Buddhist meditation class. And we were talking about loving kindness and how you're supposed to, like, my professor uses from Mother Teresa to Hitler, like, same love and I I was just reading this article and I'm like how am I supposed to like send that same message to this person you know mm-hmm. it's just so disheartening um that's really all I, I have to say it's just very upsetting 
Uh, I couldn't imagine being a player, a worker, you know, like a victim in this situation. So um, that's really all I have to add. Yeah, Gigi, I think you said it well. It's not surprising. And I think that's really sad. The fact that this is just something that we almost expect at this point from these, I, I hate to say it, but like white male upper class guys who are who are just very um, intertwined in these organizations to the point where no consequences are being taken place, no action, no matter who tries to step forward, it's being silenced um, and just things are being tolerated that just are just not okay, are very unacceptable. And I think it's, we've just seen it so many times now and Gigi, you're right. Like, what's going to come out of it? Like, yeah, he's going to get fired. Probably the Suns are going to release some statements, but I, it's just, this, this just needs to stop happening. And I, and I don't know the answer. I wish I had an answer, but to me, what the most sad part about this is, is someone like us, someone younger than us, a, a woman who wants to work in sports or a person of color who has these high ambitions to work in sports. They read things like this that's going to turn people away. That's going to make them threatened and scared. And as it should, I mean, like nobody should be subjected to any of that. So I think that's something really depressing to me. And I hope moving forward that they do what they can to fix this and right the wrongs that have been done, but also just that we start to see more positive stories um, about women and people of color, minorities, people who are often marginalized and discriminated against having success stories and giving young, young people in those same demographics, something to look forward to and have hope about because I this this is just really sad and I hate that we have to end the show on this but I think it is important to talk about and we're probably I wouldn't be surprised if this gets discussed on one on one later this week and maybe we're still talking about this next week on Pick and Pod but um, with that note I am gonna end the show there. Uh, Gigi Jack, it's always a great time even when we talk about not so great things. Uh, always a pleasure working with you guys so I'm Kelly Bright alongside Gigi Spear and Jack Roche Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports